The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to episode nine of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. I am happy to be joined once again by my beautiful fiance, Julie. Hi, babe. Hello. How was your week? Busy. I saw you a lot, but I feel like we didn't talk too much during then about like shit that was going on and stuff like that. Just the typical like, hey, how's your day? Probably. I mean, we usually talk shit. How was your Friday? Um, Friday was pretty good. Good. I love that how fast this week went by and how fast this day went by. Yeah. Love this for us. Um, a first grader told me that I remind them of a giraffe because my head is so big this week. So that's <laughs> The head? That was, that was, yeah. Yeah, they said I was a giraffe because I got a big head. That's what that's how they phrased it. So that was, that was the summary of my day for the <laughs> most part. Um, but let's – just like introduce our guest right now because I'm so excited to have her. This queen. Um, she is an absolute queen. She's an actress. She is a model. She is a hilarious person, She's and she is baby. super positive and philosophical all the time. And in the past couple of years, has become one of my favorite people to talk to. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Lisette de Jesus Ooh. is with us tonight. I have to come in with a cough. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? How am I? Wow. Have I been asked that question in a while? (laughs) I know. You know, actually, I've kind of sworn off asking that question, but I feel good telling you guys that I've been like, oh, I've been doing it. Yeah, at a girl. It's like doing it just insinuates like, wow, it's really been so tough. Mm -hmm. But like. I get there. Mm-hmm. I get there, man. Mm-hmm. Some missing o- assignments, some late assignments. It's fine, but I'm a still you're doing the damn thing. Yeah, a breakdown here, a breakdown there. Listen, and honestly, wow, I look really cute after a breakdown. Hell yeah. Oh, oh, this is what I'm. Okay, it's breakdown so chic. Oh, come on, breakdown <laughs> chic. The eyes are puffy. Mm-hmm. Where's my jade roller? Okay. Yeah. It's oh, it's in my little mini fridge, serving couture eye bags. Oh, it's a look. Right. It's a look for sure. And I'm just like in the mirror like, yeah, I'm an I'm an IG influencer. <laughs> you don't even guasha? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm doing it. God, God I'm I miss you. I'm not doing these assignments. <laughs> I miss you. I miss you, Julie. Miss wow. You so it's so nice. It's so nice to be here. I feel like it is an important thing though. We said like normally like how are you isn't a question that we ask all the time or that we try to avoid or stay away from. But I remember like one time in college, I tweeted something like that. I was like, why does nobody ask that? Like, why does nobody genuinely ask you once in a while? Like just a casual, how are you? Mm Because it's such a simple thing. You really could ask someone, right? Yeah. So I tweeted it and then like the AFP account saw it. And the next day Drew came into class and he looked at me. He was like, Dan, how are you today? And I was like, it, it, like, threw me off. Like, when he asked me, and it threw me off, like, really bad. I was like, oh, I'm, 
I'm I'm good. Like, and I was like, at first uh, I was like, huh? And he was like, I saw your tweet, so I just I wanted to ask how I you saw are. Your tweet. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm good. Thank you for caring. I appreciate that so much. Oh, imagine imagine if he comes in, you know, those people who always ask for things on Twitter, but they don't want them in real life. Yeah. He's like, why don't people ask me how I am? Who comes up and you're, how are you? Why the fuck would you ask me that? <laughs> why? Just, yeah, right off the jump, like, how could you? Very Drew thing to do. You're, you're really, like, digging into my emotional epicenter right now. I don't understand why you're doing that. I wasn't ready for all of that. No. No, not at all. I was ready for that question, but, like, I meant it more from, like, my peers and from, you know, like, parents and, like, things like that. I didn't expect yeah. it to come from, like, one of my respected professors. Like, yeah. nope, you don't expect that shit. Yeah, at all. How many times do you guys think that you've been asked, how are you, this past year? <laughs> um, not many. Not my many. boss, My boss is good at checking in with me, which is really cool. And I have certain people that will ask. Like, I always feel like I check in with you and I make sure you're good we do, during the week. Um, and that we're very open about asking, like, are you good? Are you good? Like, do you need anything? Um, but by casual people, not really. My mom. My mom. Because we've seen no one but our families for the past year plus. So to answer your actual question, maybe like it's April. So let's say like 50 to 60 times. Let's really? say it. Yeah. What you Julie, you just not your that instinct many. was like mm, not, not that at many. All. I've seen my family, I've seen my coworkers, and I've seen Dan the past year plus. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we ask each other how we are, but that's only you know a couple people here. We're our main forms of contact, like between the both of us. We're just talking to mostly each other throughout mm-hmm. the day, but and just saying like, like social media and stuff. Like, are people like sending you messages, like mm-hmm. saying like, "Hey, how are you?" I feel like this year was just kind of like in a overwhelming year about hey how are you and it's like yo i need to like not even know that 24 hours are in a day please don't yeah. please keep running mm-hmm. Go. It, it's funny because yeah. it's not in that way that i've been presented that but i've connected through because i can't see people i've mm-hmm. connected through so many people just being like um i'm thinking of you or i'm or i miss you or i was thinking mm-hmm. about this time or that time and like it, it gets people like me and I don't know if you know Nick Lama too well, but I, I absolutely love him. He's in the theater community. He was in Much Ado with me, and we did um, a Tops commercial together a while back, which was um, a fun story. Um, I heard they never mop. Nah, they never <laughs> stop. They never mop. They, yeah. yeah, all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, but, like, me and him, WrestleMania night. We were, like, hitting each other back and forth um, on Twitter. We were just DMing each other on Twitter and just talking about that. And he's someone, like, I would talk to throughout the year and stuff like that. But I feel like this year it was cool because he was, like, like we actively, like, sought to talk to each other for a little bit, which was fun. And then after, he was, like... He was like, if you ever want to talk about, like, wrestling and bullshit on your podcast, like, let me know. I was like, dude, I would love to have you on. So he's going to be on for an episode for sure. Oh, good shit. Yeah. So it's it's funny. I feel like I've <clears throat> connected emotionally, like, with people, like, just being like, I'm thinking of you, mm-hmm. rather than, like, connected, like, checking in on a day-to-day basis. Like, how are you would be yeah. for that. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. This weird. This year has brought along a lot of weird factors with it that I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have expected from a pandemic. You know what's so uh, interesting is uh, working at the hospital. I have a lot of patients. We were just talking about this, me and my coworker, about how normalized uh, stay safe as like a goodbye or like mm-hmm. 
have a good one. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, go like bills. so many. It, it's like a common <laughs> thing to say now. It's like go bills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stay safe. Go stay bills. Safe. Stay safe. Go yeah. out there. Stay safe. Do whatever. Yeah. 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 It's it's really weird to think about that, yeah. <laughs> especially because COVID, COVID has made people so <laughs> yikes so conscious about it. Like, just so conscious yeah, about the fact that, like, okay, things Leaving the house really... could potentially not be safe. I know. Oh. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, my dad was like, oh, man, he, he like, went off on so many people, even if they would just leave the house for a second. <laughs> like, he was that – he's one of those people that watches, like, the Today Show every morning and, like, oh. MSNBC every day and, like, all that stuff. So, like – he was one of the the soothsayers when the pandemic was first coming. Like I remember walking in the house and hearing him uh, talk to a guy who was like just working on our floor, being like, uh, it, "It's going to affect sixty percent of the population worldwide and stuff like that." And at first, I was like, "Yeah, you're kind of full of shit." But like then it turned into like this huge thing. Yeah. And then like, but I remember like one day I was leaving to go to the liquor store because like. It's a pandemic. I need Jameson in the house. Like, right. I that's that's how it goes. <laughs> so I, like, left to go to the grocery store, and he opened up the front door to, like, look out at my car and gave me, like, one of those, like, like what are you doing looks. Like, <laughs> Where why are, are you, you going? I was like, I'm going to the liquor store. Like, that's that's the only place I'm going Dad, to. I got to get lit. I know. <laughs> I, we got to have the essentials, like mm. essential workers, like liquor store employees were essential workers this year. Think about that. Yo, because they are. <laughs> yep. They are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, yo, everybody has to do a fist up in the air for everybody who worked at liquor stores <laughs> during this past Honestly. year. Okay, on three. Ready? One, One two, three. three. Mm. Right. We're all la, doing it. La, if you're listening, yeah. please. La, la, Join in this moment of solidarity la, 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 for our friends la, la, in the liquor la, la, industry la, la. this year. Essential as fuck. <laughs> Essential as fuck. <laughs> so what did you do this past year? I saw you a couple of times. But, like, how did you keep busy? Did you miss theater? Did you miss modeling? Because I'm sure there wasn't tons to do in that realm. It's really wild to think about, like, the beginning of the pandemic. I think I just always have a very hopeful um like disposition about a lot of things and Mm -hmm. even though things just kind of felt so confusing and scary and just like so barbaric yeah i just was like if i can see that those things are not sitting well in me like it's nice to know that i have the privilege of of knowing that something is wrong Mm -hmm. and just you know so so that was really nice at the beginning of the pandemic and Throughout the pandemic, I would see, like, all of my friends, you know, saying, like, I really have no sense of normalcy without theater. Right. Like, theater really brings a lot of sense of normalcy for me. It's the only place that I feel welcome. You mm-hmm. know, this is this is really a place where I can get the things, the very dark things inside me out. And <clears throat> I really felt for that so much. I really felt for that so much. And I think recently... I finally have been missing theater. Yeah, but it I took was a while. Like, I was fucking for a while. Good. I was good and chilling. Oh, I was chilling. I was like, bro, mm-hmm. I don't gotta learn anything. Like, I can just like share pictures from a from a previous production on Facebook and just remember how good that felt and that be enough. Yeah, you know that just being like that being enough. But recently, it's like I. Just because where I'm at, like in my body, not in terms of like my thoughts on my career or 
that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think just me, I've become something that has more different ideas and now they got to get out. Yeah. Whereas before the pandemic or even before the middle of the pandemic, like I was I was uh, a person who had said what I think I said all I could say about myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like I was always like interpreting a character from the same from the same perspective. I was kind of like, you know, learn I was kind of uh I was kind of like painting with the same colors and the same brushes. Yeah. On the same canvas. Mm-hmm. And it was like, now I feel like I'm doing mixed media. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of nice to like, just feel like this pandemic, it's not that it's pushed me farther away or brought me closer to theater. I think it's just brought me closer to how I want to express myself. Yeah. 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 You figured some shit out. I feel like with that. I, I feel like I did too with mm. a lot of it. Um, it forced me to take a break. I had talked about taking a break um, right after my last show. I wanted to take a break for a year and just focus on me and calm down and do whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think if it would have kept going, I would have accepted something and taken on more work than I can handle, which I always do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it forced me to like just relax for a little bit, which I needed. And it actually put some weird normalcy in – like my personal life and my career and like growth in certain areas I that I wouldn't have gotten if I was like mm-hmm. still in theater and mm-hmm. splitting my time between both mm-hmm. all the time. And now I'm ready. Like now that I know where I am, I feel like that helps me a lot with being ready to go back. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. To the point where I'm just like, I think now like I have new motivation and I want to like kick it into high gear and oh. like have people stop. Like, not – we were just talking about perceiving before we started this. Yeah. Take a drink. I think – Oh, yep. yep. Okay. So the rule is every time the word per uh, – per – make that pussy – per. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for everybody who Don't likes a, that song. Freedom of speech. We're good. <laughs> That's a good song. Okay. Mm-hmm. Every time we say perceived mm-hmm. – uh, And every s- time Lisette says something deep – yeah. yeah. We're going to take a drink. We're yeah. going to take a little sip. Of this it's going to be a long night. Yeah. Red Solo Cup. <laughs> I fill you up. Let's have a party. Yeah. We are in North Tonawanda, New York, so it's acceptable <laughs> to be singing things like that around here. Okay. Anyway. What's that question? Um, Tell me what do you, you think feel... about me. About my own. Okay. Okay. Oh, I, I lost my question. Wait, wait, wait. No. Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Okay. Um, do you feel like uh, it's hitting you now because you're back in school? And also, are you taking performance classes? And Well, I was definitely – I ended up going for the fall semester. So this spring semester really has been a doozy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my fall semester ended up kind of being fine. So when the pandemic started, we were in the middle of doing a fellow. And yeah. I think that was our second night. We had to shut it all down. Mm-hmm. So that was like, that was spring semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not ask me years. I've already drank so much. It was 2020. So it was 2021. Um, <laughs> Othello would have been, okay. right? Yeah. yeah. So that, that was fine. I had my summer off and then went into fall semester and ended up doing fine. I did really good. I, my grades were good. Um, we ended up being able to have like a production um, go on, like a virtual production. Mm-hmm. And Julie, remind me of your question. Are you taking performance classes? Okay, that's a question. <laughs> I am actually taking 
right now I'm taking uh, an accent class. Nice. Ooh. But if Jen Tui is Jen Tui to doing this, it? Jen Tui, please don't listen to this. We talked about her at the last one I did. We have talked about her like the past <laughs> four everyone? episodes. In the world. <laughs> she's that iconic. Oh, she's a big she's part so of my life. Iconic. I love her. I love her so much, but wow. If she were to know how much slacking I've had to do in her class, I think I don't think she'd be disappointed in me, but I think she'd be like, uh, we all had to fucking do it. Let's say. Probably. You know, like we, we all had to like fuck around, but like, it is such a great class. So I was taking accents. Um, Man, do I not, this is the end of the semester and I don't have an accent in my body. <laughs> like, at all. We're, we're doing RP. We're doing, uh, we did Emily, you know, like some, some like common um, English ones, mm-hmm. but that's a whole class now. Yeah, man, I would have loved yeah, to I do that. Yeah, I would have loved that. Oh yeah, I would have loved that. So that's one of my favorite things to do in the theater world oh, is yeah. like accents and like different stupid mm-hmm. things that oh. I can just play around mm-hmm. with. <laughs> and everybody in there is so participatory. <laughs> that's Irish for you. Um, but <laughs> But you know what? Ridiculous. Just talking about accents. Have you guys ever watched John Leguizamo's Freak? No, I never have. Oh my god! Everybody <laughs> needs to watch this because if you think you know acting, whoa! When I watched this man perform this one man show, just filled with storytelling and a million characters, it's a one man show. There's at least 25 characters. And you want to talk about voice work. You want to talk about transforming. You want to talk about like just you want to just simply talk about accents. Mm -hmm. The man is so impressive. And wow, I wish I was alive during that time because (laughs) I would have had his babies. (laughs) I'm dead. Maybe. 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 Maybe if you had the opportunity. Or just get an autograph. I don't have to (laughs) sign a life card. Right. You don't have to go the whole way. Like, just just even shaking his hand and be like, oh, you're cool. Like, that that (laughs) sort of shit, right? You know, I go hard. (laughs) Marry me. Marry me. (laughs) Marry me, John. (laughs) But let me ask you something, because you mentioned something really interesting before, that I've had, like, one or two people that have been in this situation, um, but not a ton so far. What was it like? having to shut down a show um, right at the start of the pandemic um, for production because that was that was a, like an unprecedented thing, all these theaters having to just stop what they're doing. Man, it felt... <laughs> we rehearsed on this fucking show for so fucking long. Yeah. <laughs> we rehearsed at least... So usually we, what, have three, four weeks to rehearse for a show. Yeah. Tack on another three, four weeks, man. We were rehearsing in the summer into into the semester oh and performing. God. And... Wow, we had such a good time. And I think that's the thing. It's just like everybody was pretty sad. Everybody was like, yo, did you just get the email from President Conway Turner? <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, bitch. And they're like, look, girl. And it's like, actually, school's fucking canceled, bro. <laughs> and we're like, yo, we have a show in an hour. Yeah. So what ended up happening that night was we ended up having to shut down um, – we had to close the performance to a certain amount of people. Right. And then uh, some really important people ended up being able to show up. Like, at least for me, like, some people were really able to show up and despite the pandemic. And I think they were able to record it 
So yeah. it was like from different angles. You know, we were able to stream it live and, yeah. and shit like the that. The recording so was really cool of it. Mm-hmm. There were great there were great alternatives to what the hell was happening. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just we the way that I'll see situations and me and Julie were talking about this on our way here, that like sometimes you get so attached to what you want mm-hmm. and sometimes you start thinking that you are owed things or that you are mm-hmm. you deserve something. Hundred percent. And most of the time I'm always trying to reject that to the point where it also within the extremity of itself can be very harmful. Mm-hmm. So you being so uh, someone being so uh, strenuous about, well, I think I deserve this. I think I ought to mm-hmm, have this. Mm-hmm. Also, you being someone that's like, I don't think I deserve any of this. I don't think I should have any of this. And it's like those extremities don't work. So no. in the process, I just had to reconcile with the fact that none of this is owed to me. Mm-hmm. And what a great thing to be mourning a situation that was filled with so much um so much growth mm-hmm. you know this is some some of our first times like working with fucking shakespeare yeah literally learning another language mm-hmm. and for us to chalk it up to the fact that well nobody else got to see it wow wow yeah. why yeah. would we why would we chalk up the experience to be are we drinking that's another drink because you just Uh, said something philosophical yeah you said something deep again this is we're going to be done with this bottle of kettle one by the end of the night kettle of one did i just say that kettle one okay kettle one if you're listening sponsor me but forget i said kettle of one kettle one botanicals grapefruit and rose i know sponsor it (laughs) any any free advertising on the show let's just give them so yes (laughs) You know, I think I think we we you know how in in theater we always tell ourselves like you have to love the process mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, the process is what's most important. Why let yeah. it go to waste when Why? you learn so much from it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. The process is the most important thing of the whole uh, of the whole show. Like the show is great. That's a gr- it's great to have the final product, but the audience doesn't get to see the, all the work that it went into it. You do. Mm-hmm. You do as the performer and as the designer and anybody else who works on the and show. And that's so nice and different because the one thing we as actors want is to be able to see it from everyone else's perspective. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. And you have that permanence. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's on YouTube. Yeah. Check it, it out. Is. It's, I think, Buff State's Theater. I don't know what their YouTube thing is. but Yeah, if you Google bu- or if you search Buffalo State and then Othello, it should come YouTube, up. Yeah. It's really awesome. It's, it's, it's a, such a well done production. It's a it. beautiful. It, wow. I just like watch it and you know how you can't like watch yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember. Ooh. Okay. So I struggle th- listening to this podcast every week because I'm <gasps> like, I have to hear my own <gasps> voice for three hours. No, 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 Are you no, kidding no, me? Yo, I hate it. But do not perceive me. Yeah. A drinky. Drink. Good God. If you're listening out there, please, like, I'm sorry about my voice. Like, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. It's like nails on a chalkboard if you were, like, putting it through a tunnel. It's terrible. Not true. All nasally and, like, gross. (laughs) You're just making it that way right now. Now I Well, now I have to exaggerate it because I'm talking about it. It's a rule of comedy. You just have to do that. (laughs) You got to do it. You got to do it. And I would know I'm hilarious. Mm Mm-hmm. Aw, do you guys hear that endearment in Julie's voice? Julie, 
doesn't think I'm funny no. a lot of the time. A lot of the That's time. But I acknowledge, funnier. here's you the thing. No, she <laughs> is. And I I openly acknowledge that. She's the funny one in the relationship. I know it. She knows it. Mm-hmm. But, like, she mm-hmm. could laugh at my jokes once in a while. I do. You, he makes me laugh all the time. You see it. I, I definitely. I did make you laugh really hard the other day, and I, I, that made me happy. With you the, made me laugh really hard a lot of the while time. While we were talking about, we were talking about the period thing, remember? And we were <laughs> We were laughing about that really bad. Mm-hmm. About how, you know how sometimes, like, if you're around other women, like, if women are around other women, they their periods will kind of sink up. The like cycles will Their cycle, cycles yeah. will sink, right? Uh, uh, yes, living cycle. proof right here. I think we're both about to, to get our periods. Right. Yeah. Me yeah, and you, yep, together forever. We're in this together. Yo, we got the same nails. We got the same cycle. Uh, cry baby. Oh, my God. We're cancer cry we're both cancers. of bad... We're both Puerto Rican, short hair shorties. <laughs> right. Listen. Exactly. Listen. It's all sinking up right now. And oh, I God. said, uh, it, I said like, because I was like, it's so weird that that happens. And she, and she was like, what, did they sink up? I was like, yeah. I was like, imagine if all dudes got erections all at the same time. <laughs> Bunch of shared boners. <laughs> it, was, it would just be, it would just be like every male on the face of the earth would just be erect 24 hours. I'd be so pissed. I'd just be throwing punches <laughs> left and right. One person, one person would start the whole thing and then it would just be like, like all just like in sequence. Lord, Lord in that world. help. <laughs> Let, let's drink to that. That's something deep. That's definitely a thought to That's not a on. deep thought. It's, it's, it's it just like it's everybody's getting in But deep. it's the opposite know. of it. Like it's just like the opposite of like what the male version I feel would be. I'm dead. It's actually, no, I don't think I'm having a period because I'm sexually aroused. But... <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't want that either. I wouldn't want to get. I wouldn't want that. No, <laughs> no, not at all. But uh, <laughs> let's pray for that to never happen to you guys. No, no, I don't think Amen. I can handle it's it. It's the eleventh hour. Hide your daughters. <laughs> like, no, that it becomes a cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. to hide your children. At you, uh, you watch Big Mouth, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because you were like one of the first people that got that J costume the I'm, one year when I'm I walked keeping in. Keeping it ninety eight. Plus one and two. <laughs> oh, Missy. It's such a good show. But the first two episodes of that show I find really funny because it, it was a weird perspective between the two. Because the, the the first two episodes of the first season both focus on, like, males and females at the beginning of puberty. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're struggling with, like, their, uh, like, men are struggling with, like, their dick size or like their, um, you know, it just like everything they're feeling like with girls and stuff like that. Yeah. And then the second episode, um, oh man, the redheaded character. I always forget her. Je- uh, Jessica, right? Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Jesse gets her period at the statue of Liberty. Oh, and yep. I remember when I saw that episode, I was like, like, Oh shit. Like that's, like I get that, like that brought some like perspective, but That's it was your so coming funny. of age story. Man. So every but with the guy episode, I also felt that way because I was like, yeah, I was four foot ten until I was like seventeen and a half. <laughs> oh, well. Like I didn't yeah. grow for a while. Like I relate to Nick a lot in that show because like he's this tiny kid walking through this land with like. At, like, four foot whatever with all these, like, five foot people above you wondering if you're ever going to grow. It's terrible. But, like, every 
it, every like girl I talked to during that first season was like they were like I watched the first episode and it was so weird and like uncomfortable and I didn't like it and like Says all who? that and then the second episode Dan is subtweeting me after right now. after the oh! second episode after the second it wasn't just you there were a lot of there were so many people like that after the second episode they were like oh my god that hit me so hard like oh. that's so relatable like I I, I had felt to get for you her really bad but like I was also like okay. So my thing is weird, but yours is perfectly acceptable no matter which side. Because I remember feeling for the other side and being like, oh, that's terrible. Like, it's not I feel even that. So it's bad. just, is it relatable, you know? If I'm watching something that's entirely male humor and from, like, the male perspective, I'm not going to relate to it. Yeah, it's understandable. And enjoy it as much, you know? Also, like, the first episode was totally filled with, like, little boy ejaculation. Like, it's just... It was not... It was a lot. It was not slapping. But being a teenage boy is the weirdest thing on the fucking play it's so odd oh. like everything is so odd like you you get the breeze the right way whoop like and then they add, and then it's inevitable that they ask you to stand up and do something it is inevitable oh, wow. and so you're that's just a true like, story nope. like that really does happen really do be that awkward men have have had to deal with that at least once in their life like wow. dealing with the situation when like i that. was i think when i was like 19 i finally realized how men pee and <laughs> Nineteen. Someone finally told me, "Yeah, we don't touch it when we, <laughs> we don't touch it when we pee. We no. just put it out and then we just let it go." And I was like, "Yo, there's no way that you're not touching your peenie when you're peeing. What? what are you, how are you aiming? It's just like going there. What? Help! It's." Some some people too, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. yeah, okay, yeah. Like sometimes, sometimes like you kind of have to, but a lot of times, like you could just kind of keep your hands at your sides or like just do whatever. <laughs> I guess technically, you do that as a girl. You ever just be sitting? I'm just. No, yeah. like you're sitting down already with that. Like it's it's just like an actual thing with it. First of all, boys should sit down and pee. I just I'm gonna send a send a. I think take I a breather. Everyone I deserves did that for moment. like just take a seat. I did just for like a, a hot minute. I definitely did by like, I think till I was like probably ten years old. Usually I just like sat down and peed. <laughs> <laughs> like if we're being in the honest, of the morning he's like straggling to the to the bathroom. <laughs> I was just say it's comfortable. Like I want to be comfortable when exactly. I pee. You deserve you deserve that comfort. Yeah, I'm worth it. Like I just know that. You are. You are <laughs> worth it. Yes, you are. Look at him. Oh my god. He's worth it. He's worth a little sit down on a patty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we talked about oh a lot god. of bodily fluids. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, mom. I know you listen. I'm gonna just apologize to you every week from now on. Which sorry, grandma. But whatever, like these people choose to listen. They can stop if they want. I'm totally, I understand. <laughs> I get it. Um, so my grandma ain't listening. <laughs> Somebody grandma might be though. Somebody grandma might be. Who knows? Is it? I I've always wondered about being in. I I always wanted to be like part of a family or around a family that it's like, even though there are kind of complications in it, if you want to call it that. Where, like, grandma's, like, 45, and, like, her daughter's, like, 30, and then grandbaby's, like, 15, you know? Like, it's just, like, 
I would just feel like that's such a fun dynamic because they're all within the same age range mm-hmm. for the most part. It's it's weird because you're you're raising kids like relatively young, right? Yeah. But it happens. Like that's a common thing that happens. Well, my mom and her, and my sister are 16 years apart. So like, oh wow. my mom had my sister when she was six, 16, and then she had me when she was. I think my mom was. My mom, 20 or 21. Yeah, around that age. And then she had my little brother 10 years later. Oh, so you have like a, you're in a decent age range with your mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I remember being able to tell people how old my mom was and they'd be like, your mom's that young. And I'm like, yeah, girl. And she cute. (laughs) Go see Jill. Go see about her. And then Ashley, that's my sister. My sister was just, you know, I think because my mom and my sister were so close it felt like they were so close in age at times. Like, yeah. they had a bond that really resembled that at times. Like, you know, they would get in trouble together. You know, my mom would be encouraging her to do hedonistic activities. <laughs> and, you know, and then she'd be like, I'm down for my daughter. You know, I fight kids. So, <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. Oh what God. a great, what a, I love my mom so much. There, there are family wars in North Tonawanda. I've seen them before where like a family, like with a couple siblings, like parents will show up at the fight to like watch their kids settle the beef. Yeah, I've we mediate, you know, here. Cause wow. Wouldn't you want to throw their hands with your kids? Yeah. My kids. Listen. Yeah. I Shout out the homie Steve Steves. Cause <laughs> Steve Steves knows exactly what I'm talking about right now. I don't I don't want my kid to get in any trouble or any harm where I can't help them get out of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you're going to go settle some beef, let me know. Because <laughs> I'm parking down the street. No, I'm parking on the street. Mm-hmm. I'm not parking down the street. <laughs> I'm at the corner. I'm, I'm at, the corner. Uh, actually, I might just have to run up. I don't know. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there was this whole situation at work last week. I work with her dad. And um, we were at work. And one, uh, someone was being like, totally obnoxious and like causing problems and all this stuff and her dad said something something to them and then they were like oh i'm gonna have my husband come down here he's gonna beat your ass or whatever <gasps> like saying all this stuff and Wait, uh what? yeah i yeah i i partially told you the story but i didn't get to tell you the whole thing so then later i wasn't around for when it happened but like i worked with another secretary and she asked her she's like you good she's like she's like you all right you you need someone and he was like He's like, nah, I got my son-in-law here in case something happens. <laughs> Period. Period. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I- I'm down to ride. I was like, just let me know what we're doing. <laughs> that makes me so happy. He told me both elements of that story, but not together in one story. <laughs> I'm dead. You guys did not see Julie blinking. You ever see, like, in an animated show, like, it'll go blink? Yeah. Like, when you're blinking? That's how Julie was looking. Her head was tilted. I know. She, she was blink, waited. Blink, blink. What happened here? Yeah, exactly. My dad... He is ready to shoot the fairs at any moment <laughs> in time. Yo. That man, I just, I love his reaction. I just love, like, talking about him. I and love his, talking seeing, to him, man. Like, paying attention to his reaction to things. And he's just so funny. Like, everything about him is comedy. <laughs> he's awesome. He's it's fun working with him because we've got like to see new sides of each other where it's just like the casual side and we're just like Mm -hmm. oh yeah we're real people living out in the world we just don't have to like you know because i'm your like son-in-law and i like i date your daughter it doesn't mean like things have to be awkward and we don't have our own lives yeah 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 but it's it's real fun they have the best relationship it's so cute we get together and we just talk shit about work they talk bochinche that's a (gasps) gossip 
Um, they are Bochincheros. Mm -hmm. That is their title. I will lose Dan for 45 minutes for to an, an hour. hour plus. We need it for like an hour. Well, it's like I'm happy to have our like alone time and like hang out after work. And my dad steals him from me to talk shit. Oh, yeah. And take shots. Dan like doesn't. That's even how get, he introduces Dan it. does not get a toe in the door without ready for a shot. Yeah. <laughs> ready for a Immediately. Every and Poppy time. drinks like. Nail polish remover. No, I'm he drinks Captain dead. Morgan. He, we drink Captain Morgan together. Or it's like his or moonshine, moonshine. Which, his moonshine is so bomb, I can't even begin that's to tell not, you. Like, it, this. Lissette is, that's not true. It's Lissette, not Lissette, Lissette. I don't. It is the cure for COVID. <laughs> like, it <laughs> is. Drop it off at my doorstep. Bobby, it, it would be the COVID, the COVID cure. It's so strong. That was the case. It's so strong, it will kill it. <laughs> Anything. 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 Just There's, inject Especially your liver. <laughs> mm. Especially your liver. There's an episode of American Dad where Roger can't get drunk. So he looks for this uh, this special, like, hillbilly who makes this, like, crazy moonshine or whatever. And he's yeah. supposed to have, like, six arms and stuff like that. And he walks up and it's just a regular guy. And he's like, you're just regular. You don't have six arms or whatever. Ah. And he's like, he's like... Take a swig of this here or whatever. And he drinks it, and Roger looks at him again, and he's got, like, six arms. He has, oh, like, no pupils. And he's, oh. it's, that's the moonshine that Poppy has. Like, oh, that, that's what it is. It's so that. good. He doesn't play games. It's not on the market, guys. We're not. Yeah, I mean, sponsor us. we could. Bless. Wink. Wink, 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 wink. Always on the come up. Oh, my God. Mm. Lissette, you're someone I love because when I first um, – perceived you which i'll get i'll take another drink i know i think mine is empty guys I'm i never I, i'll, I'll oh, get that actually, in a second here hold on you guys talk for a second let me get supplies from okay drink. cute keep it uh, keep it going a little bit he gonna get the drinks girl that's, that's a stiff drink is it really yeah you poured that right that's not that's not my fault right yeah i did okay <laughs> that's not my fault it's, i don't get this i doing. shouldn't get blamed it's my doing <laughs> Um, you know, for a really long time, I was definitely drinking, um, Captain Morgan and ginger ale with a lime. That shit tastes like cream soda, bro. Cream poppy is your lime Ooh. soda. Ooh. Cream soda. I love a vodka Red Bull. Mmm. Yeah, Julie's never, a vodka I be Red sleepy. Bull, I do be sleepy. <laughs> I do be <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> so if I could get like a pick-me-up at the same time, you know? So Double it, whammy. It, for for <laughs> those whammy. out there that don't really know us, which I don't know how many people... That I know listen to this, but just for context, Julie and I have been together about five years. So one of my favorite things about our timeline in the relationship is I got to be there for her 21st birthday. And by the end of the night, she was just hilarious. She was so funny. We have the time of our lives that day. Like Ed Sheeran was playing on her birthday, which was fantastic. Uh, that was such a great show. Spiritual experience. Like so, the like most so special good. thing that's probably one of the most special things that has mm -hmm. happened to me on yeah. my day. <laughs> look, wait, wait. On, on her day. <laughs> on her day. I was uh, I was still second best dad that day. <laughs> anyway, um, but there's video footage of her taking the last shot of the night it's from miserable. her. And she's so miserable, and, like, she just has this frown, like, this giant frown on <laughs> oh her face. God. And then she does the shot, and she, like, still has the frown, and then she just winces for three seconds and then goes back to the frown. It's the best. Oh my it's gosh. the best thing. It's be I don't enjoy drinking. I d I've never, you know, really been into it. 
but obviously on your 21st you're gonna you you gotta go all out it's like a thing you have to do yeah we don't like drinking here pass me your cup babe (laughs) (laughs) no i'm uh definitely good um Um, i'm definitely not yeah Uh, what's that (laughs) barman barman I, I'm a jack of all trades on this podcast. I host it. I make He's the drinks. He's over here, sir. Mix a lot, for real. Ordered the pizza. Dan, give us some nice like bar. Give us describe the drink for us. Um, so this is like eight parts vodka and one part um seltzer. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's good. What does it smell like? Uh, it's fruity. And what does it taste like? Uh, it tastes uh kind of <laughs> stiff. But still kind of fruity at the same time. Mm. Like, it, it works out for both. Yeah, it's got some notes of, like, That's rose. what I was looking for. That's yeah. what I was looking okay, for. Okay, well, I'll take over, Dan. <laughs> uh, it's got some notes of rose and some crisp, crisp citrus grapefruit. Mm, grapefruit. Wonderful over a nice cold seltzer mm. in your backyard. spritzy baby. Mm. Right, right as you're watching your children jump into the pool, into a... Into a, Keep going. a I can nice cold this pool on a hot summer day, mm-hmm. preferably in July, because that's the best month of the mm-hmm. year. And uh, at that singular moment, when you have that drink in your hand, you think, I actually do love my children. <laughs> I don't hate my life. I don't my hate my husband. Mm, I love my mother-in-law. I don't have to pop a pill to be happy. <laughs> I am not my mother. <laughs> anyway. That's it. Anyway. Everything you <laughs> I am not my I am I have not turned into my mother. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but do wow. not perceive me. <laughs> I am That's not being perceived. I am not to be We used to perceived. um <laughs> when when I worked the dance concerts at Buff State when we had them did were the dance concerts were still there for you, right? Every year. Oh yeah. Does the theater department still have to work them a lot of the time for like practicum? Yeah. Yeah. So we <laughs> we had to do that too. So the first year I did it, um, Jeremy, who was on last week, uh, he house managed the show, and the one number was to like the spoken word piece, and it's a really beautiful. Um, piece about like you women not being the answer to like a man's problems or like that it, it was it was like a really like cool piece but there was a part mm-hmm. that was like there were two specific parts i remember is one part was she said a sandwich really aggressively sandwich. um and it made me laugh a every sandwich. night a sandwich was like the part of the audio and then there was a part where she was like you are not and like she would say that all the time so this would be playing and um i'd be on headset with um dd who was our stage manager and then um a couple other people backstage and stuff like that (laughs) and the one night like the last night of the show jeremy got on the house manager phone which connects to the headsets Mm -hmm. and he just grabbed it during that part so all of a sudden over headset i just hear you are not <laughs> the answer. And then he just hangs up and goes away. It was hilarious. Honestly, the best part of being on a show and being like tech is like 
the fucking headsets. Mm-hmm. That's the best part. That's the if, best part of if it. If no one ever told you that walkie-talkies <laughs> when you're a grown-up are more fun than when you're a fucking Yo, kid. Yo, they are. They, they're 100% more. We use them every day at work, and they're the most fun I'll ever have that in my, my entire life. That was my first experience with you, Lissette, was yes. being so. stage manager and you uh, being my light. Mm-hmm. My light gal. I oh yeah, I was light girl. Yeah, yeah. Was, you were like, what would you? Oh fuck, what would you say? Q one point one. Yeah. Standby, and yeah. I'd be like, good. standby, <laughs> good. And then you'd be like, go, boop, and, you and I'd it. hit the little button every time. <laughs> every time mm-hmm. I hit that button, Never <laughs> one. Mm, white girl. Mm-hmm. But that show, that show was that was that was such a. Such a fun show to be a part of because mm-hmm. of just some of the preposterousness. Listen, you have every actor. You guys killed it during that show, by the way. Oh, I loved lights. But the thing is, is that when you're tech, you get to watch something a million times in a row, man. Yes. So yes. every actor needs to know they're getting clowned in the booth. <laughs> Y'all are getting clowned yes, in the Yes, you booth. are getting totally clowned if every fall, time. I'm laughing. And listen... If you're in the booth, you're clowning as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're all just, you know, you know, doing doing line reads just of everybody, and <laughs> oh my god, and we're clowning as actors backstage to to the booth. <laughs> yeah, we're clowning like, what are they calling right now? Why the fuck did they call that? So we're clowning you. Too early. We're doing that. You're Too not late. clowning me. I don't mess up my cue. I love Ooh. I love working with um, Brittany. Waisaki, mm-hmm. because if anything ever happens, like a toy, that I'm like, oh no, <gasps> I know that. Like, I'll turn to someone and I'll be like, you're safe with. I, I'll be, I'll, tr- I'll just turn to a friend and I'll be like, Brittany's losing her goddamn mind right now. <laughs> like, bro, do you? Okay, this is probably one of the most embarrassing moments of my entire <laughs> professional career oh, no. thus far. And yes, this is this is my most embarrassing moment. <laughs> You're so and brave you were for there. even talking about this. Wow. Listen, and because it's going to be small, okay. but it's like not really. But you'll be able but to empathize. I, I can empathize, bro. Okay, so me and Dan are rehearsing for Jungle Book. <laughs> we're rehearsing for Jungle Book. We are in tech. I think we open in two fucking days, right? <laughs> I we're all playing multiple characters. So at the beginning, I'm playing Mother Wolf. She was my mama. I was your mama, <laughs> and. I have to say this fucking line to fucking Rick Latimer, who's playing Shere Khan. Mm. And I keep forgetting sometimes. Like, it's just sometimes. I forget the the chronological order of fucking lines. It it happens. It happens to the best of us. It happens. And we are in costume. We are in lights. We are doing sound cues. We are in full performance fucking mode. And I, oh, I hate this because <laughs> I'm the only girl in this room. So I already feel I never really felt intimidated because I loved I loved every guy on the on the show. Right. But like you just when you feel like the oddball out, it just heightens things. Mm-hmm. So and I'm the youngest. This is my first time working at Toy. I never worked with, you know, a few of the people on the on the show. And I'm looking at Rick. I'm in fucking costume and I go to say my line. And I don't know what the fuck it is. Oh, That's I don't know the what worst my worst feeling. I don't know what my line is. And he's all up in my face and I'm all up in his face and I go Line Oh, Brittany said No, we can't do that. 
Oh, I remember that. And I went, oh, she's so right. <laughs> and I just, I, I, we ended up getting past it. But, like, in the moment of me panicking, I really made a fucking idiot of it's myself. It's that panic. But, like, yeah, you, I, I understand your position, though. It was your first time being a toy. Yeah. A, like, spotlight's on you. There's a lot to do in so that show. Oh. You're, you're worried about that perception again. You're worried about how mm, people are going to see you with that. So do you want to hear a personal story about me during that show, during that run? So the first rehearsal or two, I had this this horrible tick that I used to have as an actor come back Mm. where I get so unsure of myself that I look at the director mid-scene and I just, like, look out (gasps) and I just kind of see it. Like, it's me looking for, like, comfort. I think it comes from – I think it comes from when I was little and I would look for my parents in the audience. Mm. I think that's where it comes from, like that reassurance and that, like just that habit of doing that, right? Mm -hmm. So the first, uh, like one of the first rehearsals when we were on stage, that came back and I caught myself looking at Chris over and over again. Mm -hmm. And he knew it was, and like every time it happened, he would react so I would know when he was seeing, so like, I got really worked up about it Mm -hmm. and, like, shit like that. So then, like, I ended up, like, speaking to him after and being, like, I know what I was doing. I know what I'm doing, I know what I was doing. And even, like, Brittany during it was, like, I need to tell you something. Like, after rehearsal, she was, like, you looked out here, like, 25 times throughout that scene. (gasps) Not 25. It was bad. It was bad. He kept a tally after a while (gasps) of how much I was doing it. Because I was doing, and I felt myself doing it so much, but I couldn't, I couldn't stop. That was going on? That was going on because I'm, it's my first lead role in a professional setting ever. I know I can do it, but I don't have, I didn't have the confidence to back it yet. Mm -hmm. I just didn't. So the next rehearsal that we had a toy, I went to the back of the theater. I put on a meditation. I laid down. And I cried for 25 minutes before we started the show. You shut up. For real? And I was fine after that. (gasps) That's what I did. I meditated. I cried. I, like, breathed. I remember, like, during the meditation, they told me to do something. And I have a bad back. You know that. That's Mm -hmm. that's something, like, I've bonded with a lot of people over is my bad back. Yeah. (laughs) And, um... When I they told me to move a certain way, they were like, breathe into a certain area. And I and I mm. exhaled, and this pop that sounded like a gunshot came out of my back when I did that. I was like, oh, okay, I was holding on to tons of tension in Yo. that. But, like, I needed that. Like, you needed that moment with Brittany. I needed that to get myself comfortable in that setting oh. and in that sense where I had – I went to the bottom. I knew where, like, I couldn't be and where I couldn't put myself in anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just had to relax and just fucking go with you it like release, we all do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Every day when you guys were out in the audience doing, like, that open and um, Matt was drumming and all that shit. Yeah. Every day I was backstage, like, hitting it. I was, like, on my hands and knees banging on the floor to the rhythm that Matt was doing. Like, I would just get that yeah. every every energy or any anxiety just out. Yeah. And that would be it. I'd be like, okay, Dang. time to crawl on stage. Time to go be Mowgli, bro. I know. 
I never would have thought my most non-clothed show ever, not counting boys upstairs, would have been Jungle Book. <laughs> right. Would have been a children's theater. Would have children's been in a children's theater where I was just like, oh, yeah, like, this is the setting I'm going to be almost naked in. Yeah, like, almost okay. naked. Just be in some little boy shorts. Yeah. <laughs> In these little club. panties up here. <laughs> what was this show like from your perspective? Because I don't get to hear it from you all the time, just being like an audience member and seeing it mm-hmm. from like and hearing what I went through through that at all. That Do you show- remember anything about that? Yeah, um, that show was so cool to watch because I've never, I don't think I've ever seen like such an active like physical act like i don't know just such a physical show in general i mean it was just so cool the sets were something i've never seen before and something probably most people that went there shout out ken shaw like that before Mm -hmm. um yeah and just like the characters and the story was just yeah that was awesome i i don't know it was so fun. It ended up being such a full production. I think it was just, so I would great. go to class after and just be so fucking hyped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be in class and they'd be like, yo, is Lisette on crack? And I'd be like, no, bro. No, I just saw hyped. a bunch of kids this morning and they all mm-hmm. believed that I was fucking cool. That's so cool. If that's what crack is, yes, I yes. am doing it. It's feeling. the best feeling. Like you're, oh. you're something, you're something like really specific to them at that point. And you won't, you know. <sighs> What's even more special is when you go back to Toy to go see another show mm-hmm. and you end up seeing a kid that saw you before. Oh, I God. sat with this little girl. Oh, my God. What a little dreamboat she was. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm sitting by myself. I went to go see. Oh, dang it. What is that show? I don't know. Which one? Mm. Dragons? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went to, yep. I mm-hmm. went to go see that. And I'm sitting next to this little girl. And. It's so funny because children are probably one of the best things to try and imitate when you want to be free, mm-hmm. when you want to feel more like yourself. Mm-hmm. If you think about trying to put yourself in the state of being a child, it's it's such a grounding experience. Yeah. So I'm sitting next to this little girl and I'm by myself and she's just talking to me and she's <laughs> like, I come here all the time, and she's like, she's showing me her nails, and her nails are painted, Mm. and I'm like, I'm like, did you go see Jungle Book? And she goes, yeah, I did. And I went, I was in that show. Do you remember the snake? Do you remember, like, Mama Wolf? And she was like, yeah. And her parent, her, not her parents, which I'll chime in on that. Her dad is like, yeah, you know, he's talking to me. It seems like he's with his mom. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's two little girls. Mm. So she starts getting more comfortable with me. And I see that she has two <laughs> big ass Mitch Match socks. These are clearly <laughs> not her socks, right? Because she's got her shoes off. She, Amazing. she don't give a fuck. <laughs> so she's got Kids these, don't. They don't give know, a fuck. She's got all these big old socks. And she goes, I got these socks from my dad. <laughs> and I'm like, for real? And she's like, yeah. And I stayed at his. I stayed at his house this weekend, and um, and he found these socks for me. And now I'm going to go to my mom's house, but um, my mom says that I'm not supposed to take the socks from my dad's house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like she gave me such a limited, com- like, context, but it's very clear. It's so clear, That her yeah. parents aren't together, right? Yeah. And that this is how she just perceives it, mm-hmm. you know? This is how she's perceiving. Yep, let's drink. Drink to this little baby girl who yep. just is excited about big socks, man. Good for her. Like, good on her, honestly. Good on her. 
sure. And she just sat there and it's talked to me. It's such a cute me. dad thing. Oh, put in some big old socks. You know, on he your was kids. he was just lost at what to do when totally. he realized that she was sleeping over <laughs> and didn't have socks for That's the weekend so or what have you. He's like, baby and he girl. was like, you know what? I got socks. I got socks. I'm gonna put my big. So- Listen, we gotta go. Yeah. yeah, we have to go right now. Yeah. We're gonna be late to the show. Please put on these socks. <laughs> She's probably like, yes, and her sister's probably like, hell no, Dad. I'm not putting on your socks. The other girl, the one that was sitting next to me, she was down for whatever I could tell. I, I could it. recognize it. I love it. Kids Kids just are the most audience. Uh, audience? They're the most audience. Kids the most audience. Good night, everybody. Audience. Kids are one of the most honest audiences you will ever get because oh, yeah. they'll just speak their mind, and they'll let you know if they liked it or not. They're yeah. like, yeah, it's cool. That was boring. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, this is cool. Julie had a fun story when we did Charlie Brown. What happened with that kid? What? When you were, remember, you read, there was something that, didn't Dan say, wasn't there a response once Dan said, uh, thanks for the Christmas card you sent me, Violet? And, like. I was like, I didn't send you a Christmas card. Yeah, well, and what was and the, the thing? Goes, oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I mean. Fuck Charlie Brown. But I we. Yeah, it, it's funny because we've all had um, – it was kind of the same when Dom was here, but we've all had that same experience of working at Toy and feeling that energy of it. Yeah. And there's nothing like it. One of my favorite things um, to watch uh, we, like that I associate with Toy was Julie seeing your first day when we performed there, like when we did like an actual performance with kids mm-hmm. in the audience. I remember getting off stage after that whole question and answer thing. And just the energy we I felt from the kids cried. because because you you oh. just started you were like you were like I can't believe it I can't believe what I just felt and Sabrina was right there and you were like and she was like it was it's amazing isn't it and you went you went I it is can I hug you and she went of course I, you can hug oh me my God, and like yes, that's exactly yeah, what happened that's exactly and I watched that I was standing there for that whole thing and it made me so full and so happy to see you finally understand the feeling that I get. From doing that for kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, because then that was like the, because you can't describe it to people. And then watching you get it, I was like, that's beautiful. That's just a beautiful thing. It really is. But it's also just so nice, like you were saying, when you would get off stage after, or, you know, you would go to class after Jungle Book, you would just be on such a high. Like, mm-hmm. it, it feels like that when you're, when you're in a positive show or a show that ends positively, yeah, um, that's not just about like trauma and Draining. the hardship of life, yeah. of living. Man, I do not which, want to perceive adulthood, exact, bro. Which is so much of so much of the theater that we do, so much of the theater that um, people of color mm. are given. Yeah, I, I guess this isn't a good like jumping off point, but West Side Story was like like that. Mm-hmm. For the most part, like that's mm-hmm. the those are the stories when people think, oh, Puerto Ricans in theater. You think West Side Story, you think in the Heights, right? Yeah. And then like now you think Hamilton as far as like Latino actors, which is which is so funny because this semester we've been we ended up um, having during March, March being Women's History Month. We had a lot of women of color join um, for these panelist discussions and for these like. You know, we would call them master classes because these are people that are getting booked on Broadway, Mm -hmm. that are working at like these theater festivals that are artistic directors. Mm -hmm. And wow, all of these women were just so, so freaking impressive. And 
one of the um i think her name was giselle jimenez Mm -hmm. and one of the students had asked like hey i want to be a writer but i want to be able to include people of color in my writing like how do i do that in a sensitive fashion and she's like listen you gotta write what you know right Mm -hmm. but also stop thinking that you have to write for people of color yeah that's listen if your line says yeah let's drink let's drink that's philosophical <laughs> come on we're gonna regret these rules in like an hour i don't regret anything i yeah <laughs> zero regrets this year that's why i love you so much because you don't have any regrets no regrets no rag rights <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway continue only lurcerns yes <laughs> what is that only lurcerns only lurcerns mm-hmm. i love it well the lurcern here <laughs> the lurcern here the lurcern here is if you write, listen, if the line is, give it back to me, mm-hmm. or, yeah, if the, li- if the line on the script says, give it back to me, man, that can be interpreted in so many different ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's really what you're writing most of the time. <laughs> you're not writing for identities. You're writing for essence of what you're trying to express. 100%. You are trying to write about pain in a way that has never been written about before you're trying to write about love in a way that it's never been performed before Mm. so like in this sense stop thinking that you have to write for a certain person Mm -hmm. all of those people have already lived that they just haven't been given the opportunity to express it throughout their own way yes Mm. absolutely so listen we don't when we when we go to write scripts we don't Obviously, we ourselves write from a specific place, Mm -hmm. but we know that at the core of it, the way that we experience very human experiences like loss and gain and despondence and all of those things like that's not that's not something that's new. Mm -hmm. Americans are not the first ones to come up with. that. No, we're not. We're not. wasps are not the first people to come up with that or to deal with classism or to deal with love and be able to talk about love. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like I've been, I've been just thinking about in terms of auditioning whenever I want to audition somewhere, don't think about whitewashing myself Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, just like committing to the craft of transforming, not, not, um, uh, what is this word of adapting like yeah, conforming of, uh, conforming yeah like yeah of conforming the, there's no need no there's not Mm-mm. you bring something unique to the table and you have to you, you need that uniqueness in those situations yeah like you just do yeah and, and it's funny how like theater brings that out of people mm-hmm. like you just it it allows you this other out like outlet to express yourself and just be like Hey, I may not have the words for this, but like this is how I feel in body, or this is how I feel doing this, and like oh yeah, it's it's nice. Like people write from their own perspectives and their own experiences, mm-hmm. and that's all we can ask for for theater. That's honestly. really you know. I think it, it's kind of funny because I'm going to segue into the philosophy class that oh, do. I've been taking. Please do. So I've been taking meaning of life <laughs> at Buffalo State College, mm-hmm. and. I may get an F in it, but wow, I promise you, the mental labor that I've been doing would get stars across the board. I believe it. That's what counts, right? Listen, you only learn when you put yourself in the studio. It's not what really matters in class. When you Mm -hmm. put it out in the studio, that's when it really is important. Yes. And 
we've been we've been like looking at different versions of how philosophers have talked about what is what makes meaning in life what makes a life meaningful mm -hmm. and we've been looking at all of these different um philosophers and they've all kind of like some of them is sla have slapped some of them have not like i'm i'm not a very big fan of tolstoy cuz mm -hmm. he's kind of like it's very privileged in the mm -hmm. sense that well just look at poor suffering people it'll mm -hmm. make you really think about what's really meaningful and i'm like bro i don't have to compare my my happiness to a person suffering in order for me to feel happy yeah. that's mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. that's, that's just something drew used to talk about the fact that he didn't like uh the expression when people would be like uh oh there's starving people in africa when you couldn't finish your food because he was like bro. my food's already here yes. like there's nothing i could have done like about that in the first place like that's just so beyond my control and that's like yeah. such a world a world class of guilt mm -hmm. that is just not you're not nipping this at the it, you're not nipping this in the bud at where it should be no you're, you're completely redirecting it mm -hmm. instead tell me tell me why i ought to finish my meal but also recognize bro i'm not hungry anymore yeah yeah how yeah. about you tell me that overindulgence isn't isn't <laughs> really good? How about that doesn't bring me fucking meaning of life, man? Asshole. It's true. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I got really Asshole. upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're really upset at this philosophy, <laughs> I see. But there's this there's this uh, philosopher who introduces the idea of um, oh, it's like a TED talk. It's it's a bunch of people who are studying the idea of play as um, something that creates meaning in life. Mm -hmm. So. Um, this one person from okay the the person who created strong national museum of play yeah um they had someone working underneath them i forget this guy's name but he was given the he was given the challenge to study this um this mass shooting the person who committed the mass shooting mm -hmm. let's study he was given the challenge of this study this man's life and figure out what happened what went wrong what pushed this man to make this choice? Right. And after they had, like, looked at everything and, oh, well, he was a good student in school. He never really gotten into any fights. It wasn't it wasn't reported that he was ever bullied, you know, like those normal things. Yeah. But then they they interviewed the neighbors and the neighbors said, we never saw him playing outside. Like we never saw him interacting with other children. Um, we know that he played piano. Uh, you know, things like that. And it came out that he was forced to play piano all the time. He wasn't allowed to play with other students. Wow. In, in school, he the teacher said that he really reflected a state of behavior that, like, always wanted to appease the teacher. Mm -hmm. So, like, this is what was going on. So that he he ended up just kind of, like, sifting through all of that matter of of his personality and being like, well, maybe this is what leads to a to a mass murderer is a lack of level of play. Yeah. You are not allowed to be on the playground and figure out what kind of kid you were. You weren't allowed to go and feel what it feels like to to be to lose. Hmm. You you don't know what it feels like to win, you know? Like so those those ideas like he was never given the option. So we've just kind of been thinking about the idea of does play give life meaning? And I think inherently theater is all about play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
100%. Yeah. You, I 100%. If it's not the pillar of it, if the word play does not sum up theater, I don't know what other would would I don't know what other word would serve that purpose as well. Mm-hmm. And I think though I don't believe that play is the meaning of life. I think it's a vessel to create meaning in life. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's what I think it is. It's like in play, you are given the opportunity to fail mm. so many times. Mm-hmm. Beautifully. And, oh, just beautifully. And you get to feel what it feels like to, to land one and to win one. Mm-hmm. And then also to learn about the person across from you. Yeah. Like, how do I how do I play bus stop with this person? <laughs> you know, what the what the fuck is this person going to say? I have no idea. I know. But I'm ready. Yeah. It's funny because uh, that I feel like that directly applies to you and me, too, because mm-hmm. in the year we worked together, we had to work opposite of each other three times. Yeah. We worked in Jungle Book directly across from each other a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And then West Side Story, we were on stage like every scene together. Yeah. And like. You had to deal with my shit all the time, this <laughs> drunk ass Pepe all the time. Uh, you know, and then, um, and then we cap it off with Koki, and all the time we had like, like it was you and me a lot of that time. What a great time, Dan! What a great and Julie was just up in the booth. Yeah, <laughs> she was just up in the booth, running the whole show, uh, running everything. Yo, it's just so special to be in in different circumstances with people that you trust yeah because then you gotta work hard for it you don't know what this person's Mm -hmm. gonna do you know and it's just like with koki like one never had to worry about julie yeah never in my life ever had to worry about what the fuck julie was doing because she knew what the fuck she was doing Mm -hmm. but you know in koki like we were there were times there were times during koki where i would be in the scene with you and i'd be like why are you playing pretend lisette and it would literally freeze me. Mm. And I'd be like, why are you sabotaging this moment with someone who's going to take care of you? Mm-hmm. Mm. This person's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Relax. Always, always. And also, you have to take care of you so that you can take care of them. Mm-hmm. This is an exchange. This isn't. And though sometimes like it can be a dial meter where, you know, Dan, I'm really not feeling it. And you're like, oh, OK, it's all right, because I got it today. Mm. You know, and that's how relationships work. That's how that's how good shit that's how good shit works. That's yeah. You know, because everything is always so subject to change. Mm-hmm. But it's just like there would be times where I would mentally just sabotage in the middle of a moment. Yeah. And be like, what the fuck is my text? What is my text? So then you go back to the ticks, right? Mm-hmm. And this is my tick. Just and putting my hands up in yeah. the air and just doing fucking jazz hands and being like, man, what the fuck you talking about, man? <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> It's just like it, when I, I wish you put would have done Jessica in that voice oh. like that. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but like just throwing your hands in the air and just like not trusting the idea of play. Yeah. In conjunction with uh, trusting, trusting, the, trusting yourself. It's hard because I struggle if you, with that so much. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, Painful. if you if you don't trust yourself, it can be so hard to trust others on stage because mm-hmm. you're like, I can't just let go. And. Koki put me in a fun position because I feel like 90% of the time, the most I can trust myself is on stage because I've been in positions like that for Mm -hmm. so long and I'm just comfortable with it. And it made me feel good that I knew that I can just hold my own 
and just mm-hmm. be able to take care of you guys every time oh, yeah. or just know that you guys could like bounce off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like because I knew like the moments that were kind of like off or things mm-hmm. between everybody in the cast and myself, I knew. Like mm-hmm. I could feel that every time. I could feel it every night. There was a night that uh Vicky came after she hadn't seen it for a while. Mm-hmm. And during the show, I felt there there was like this lack in energy. I felt it like Ooh. like through the not not between you or anyone specific. The whole thing felt very off. Which you have to have those. Nights. Which you have to have those nights. <laughs> but I remember I texted Vicky while she was in the audience right before intermission, and I went, "I feel it." And I was like, I'm going to round them up at intermission and we're going to regroup. And you definitely did. And I did. And we, and we did. And she, and when she responded, she was like, thank you. Like yeah. she, she felt it too. Yeah. So I was like, I, and I, I remember saying to everybody, I was like, okay, we all knew that was off. Mm-hmm. We all knew that we weren't like that. That wasn't our best showing for it. Yeah, that's not it's done. Let's pick it up in act two. Yeah. And let's just go. Like we just need to. <sighs> Like, they won't remember that first half if we pick it up at the second. For real, because the second half was pretty lit, too. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Julie's sweating up in the booth with those fucking tweets every night. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about every I'm one not, of those cues. I'm not sorry. I know you're not <laughs> sorry. It's like a one-time like, thing, I think. Oh, my God. Do you remember any of the tweets? All I remember is crossing my eyes. Oh, my God. Um, oh, those were just, just a lot of hashtags. What's the one that I remember the most? Honestly... I ain't never fucked with Voltage before, but now I'm by a whole case. Yo. That's what I. That's the one I remember most about that. Hilarious. Listening to you guys, I remember you shitting yourself the one Yo. night. I didn't literally shit. No, no you didn't like actually not my literally name. shit yourself. Whoa. It gained the interest. Wait, wait, wait. It gained the interest, so now we explain the actual story, but now we've got people captured. <laughs> Listen to how Lisette shit herself, literally, <laughs> on stage. Figuratively, figuratively. <laughs> pretending. Yeah, pretending. It's all acting. Yeah, it's quote all acting, unquote. bro. Acting. Please tell me when I shit on myself. So, um, <laughs> God, what was... Oh, so I remember the tweet. You were back... I was backstage. It was the start of Act 2, and it was, like, all the hype about Cookie. <laughs> and... You did this thing. I'm trying to like formulate it so that I could describe it the best way I possibly oh, can. You were up at the top, so you were up top, right? You were up top on top of this thing. You would do and that weird. Thing you were with your this body. little kid. You were this little. You pretended this. You were this little kid, and the line was, um, "Maybe like he'll make an appearance at my school." That's what you made. And the one night you went, the one night you go. And then you pull on your pants, like pulling them down to adjust yourself, and then you go, maybe I'll make an appearance at my school. Oh my god! Bro, why did I do that? <laughs> I, I literally made a fart noise. At, oh, fu- yo, I'm grown, okay? And I decided to make a fart noise and turn around and deliver. It all depends on what your definition of grown is, honestly. I said, <laughs> hilarious. Bruh, I laughed so hard. You would make me laugh every fucking day. Bro, honestly. Every day we laughed so hard. And the days you almost wouldn't take the camera off, oh. when when I had to snatch it from you, oh where I'd be like, Lissette, for the love of God, take it off. Take it off or I'm going to just rip your neck and your head off your body. Lissette, like I'm just going to snatch it. First of all, can we have? can we just have an appreciation for my bang and my fucking ponytail? My hair 
would be so long. laid. Okay, I had laid t, 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 and t. All that spit from the t is going on my bang so that it could go into this little Ariana Grande uh-huh. 90s ponytail. cow lick bang. Yeah. Girl. Bang. Just a moment of silence for the bang. Mm. All right, good moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a good moment. That was a good moment. <laughs> good that was a good bang. That was so Not much fun. Not the bang. <laughs> Not the bang. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! It sounded so like weird. nobody found Dan funny. I was just no. drinking. No, but then Julie didn't. Let <laughs> Stop this right now! I told you you're funny. You're funny, okay? You're funny, honey. You're good. T- Dan's I'm like, good tell now me I'm good. that tell I've had it good. on Tell record. me I'm good. Did you like that? Tell me I'm good. 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 Good, Dan. Okay, thank you're you. good. You're thank so you. funny. Thank you. I love you so much. He's just so worried about being perceived. I know, Dan. There's another drink. Yeah. Okay, let me drink. Good God. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. If there's anyone that can perceive me, it's you. And I hope vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we... You have lifelong permission to perceive me. Yeah, but oh. we know we know enough about each other, I feel like, where we, at this point, can, like, call things out on The things each that other. I do... I was just telling Dan the other day, sometimes I literally forget that he's there because I'm so comfortable around him. Mm. Um... I was looking in the mirror and I was, I think I was like making weird sounds. I was just looking in the mirror and I was like, and I was just like doing weird shit that I do when I'm alone and I don't think anything of it. Uh And I was like, oh my God, Dan, I forgot you were there. But I loved it. I I love how comfortable it can be. It's supposed to be that way, but. I just be talking to myself. I love it. I know. I I feel like everybody needs to get to that level of comfortability with their partner. Mm -hmm. Like that's just where you need to be. I shouldn't have to worry about like being this person 100% of the time when I'm around my significant. I should just be able to be myself. That's one of the things I've always loved about being with Julie is like from day one, like I've always felt that it was that she had this aura of, okay, Stop, like, putting on who you are and just show me who you are. Give it to me, baby. And I felt like for a while, like, especially before we started dating, I was very afraid to, like, show people, like, kind of like the weird side of me and the Mm -hmm. side of me that, like, will just, like, make stupid voices and just likes to hang out and, like, like, half the, how many times do I just, like, try and throw you in an arm bar or something like that because I'm bored? I'm dead. Too many times. Too many times. Like way too She'll many. She'll give times. you to work. Though. Too many. She times. just ain't but putting like, on you. But that's how I'm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But that's how comfortable I am with her. Although, so she you can give me the work if, now. If that means stop trying to like put me into a suplex, then then I can't promise that. I can never promise. Be that. less comfortable around me. I'm dead. <laughs> wow. Just that aspect. I guess. Just in that I don't aspect. Know. But, like, I've taught you, Dan, I've taught like, you some things. Real life wrestling moves on me. I am, like, 5'4". <laughs> I'm like, a hun- I, you don't have to know how much I weigh, but it's not, you know. You don't need to be throwing me around like that. She'll Do that with Kevin. So Do that with uh, Randy. Randy. Do it with Steve and Dave. Throw your boys around. <laughs> I don't want to be thrown around. I want to be loved. I'm smaller than all my boys. cuddled and held. But that's the thing. I'm Swaddled. smaller than all my boys. So, like, I can't 
have to. Well, time. figure out a way. That's well, stop sassing As soon me. as he stops, you're going to be like, why don't you put me in a number? <laughs> <laughs> you choke slam me. And he's I like, miss when you used to choke slam me. <laughs> he's like, nah, I be choke slamming my boys now. <laughs> you know, you said that you yeah, ain't wanted no more. She we always don't want what we let's, got. Let's try it out. Let's try it out. When we started dating, she used to throw the same um, three-move combo that I learned from Bill Burr back in the day that you, that he told about. And, like, I'm sure you probably threw it at first, too. But what all women it? throw the same combo. It's overhand left, overhand right, and then if neither of those work, you try and knee for the balls. Nope, it's the right first and then the there left. Oh, okay. That's from the squeak. Oh, so you, I'm sorry. You so you change it up and do the opposite hand first. Oh but it's yeah, still an you could never guess I apologize. Me. Yeah, but that's what she would. The one okay, day, man. the one day, like I picked her up and did, and did something or whatever, and she turns around. And she threw the exact combo. She threw okay, left, Dan. right, knee the ball. Okay. And, like, I was prepared for it. Just grab, grab, block, like, oh just God. real quick. But now, if someone, like, if she were in a position where, like, someone, like, came at her, she could defend herself. Oh, yeah. 100%. She I could from the jump. I know. I could from but now you the could, jump. But now you can she choke dudes really out She just really didn't want to hit you in your balls. Yeah. But That's now, the real truth. But now Julie knows how to choke people out, which she didn't know how to before. Oh. She I'm knows sure I could have choked somebody out, though, before. <laughs> yeah. It just would have been in a more simple way. I would have figured I know. it out. It's, yeah, I would have figured it out. I know you would have figured it out, up. but now you have a simple way of, now like. Now I have a simple way. It's called pepper spray. <laughs> you could get this work in a bottle Ooh. for, like, $20. It's hot pink. Yeah, this is You wouldn't choking. even see it coming. It's yeah. a hot pink $20, like, ugh. This is choke in a bottle. I'll this is choke in a bottle. Choke in a bottle. <laughs> Don't fuck with me, man. Amazing. This is Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Delivered fast, I promise you. So let me ask you guys something, because you're two women who I feel like are very progressive, for like lack of a better word, and very like modern women who are very like, I'm about myself, and I'm about strength in women, and I'm about doing things like that. Mm-hmm. So there are certain like dating standards or things like that. I was thinking about this the other day and I wanted to ask you guys like a couple of these to see how you feel about this. So what are you guys like? What's your position on like a guy opening the car door for you? I think or something like that. I always think in the absence of it, it's annoying (laughs) (laughs) Because my thing is, I would open up the door for you. Yeah. I guess I don't hold anybody ever to any kind of standards that mm-hmm. I couldn't hold myself up to. Mm-hmm. Fair so enough. So it's like, you get the car door, I'm probably getting the store door. Or mm-hmm. I'm getting the house door. Or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like, if... Uh, I don't want to say this, but like when sexism benefits me, I love it. Because I think <laughs> it benefits everybody. <laughs> you know, at You're at gonna take the, You're times. telling me you, you know, like, it's a... <sighs> I'm not I don't say that. I don't <laughs> find it. I don't find it condescending for a man to open up a car door for me. I don't find it condescending for a man to take a garbage bag out of the trash can and take that shit outside. Yeah. I love they that. Say, yeah. They say garbage man that. for a reason. I'm sorry. I'm All not of going the manual labor. It. It's like, ooh, yes. <gasps> Let a man do it, baby. I I don't mind. I will say as a man, though, I don't mind, like, the housework. I don't mind doing things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, if it comes – because it's also, like – 
I feel like a lot of times it's so simple to do. Like, if you just see it, like, get it done. But I feel like people are kind of just stuck in those roles where they're like, oh, one person has to do it. And it has to be one person's responsibility where it's like, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. And I think it's the idea of that dialing system again. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, if I can't handle this today, I would like for you to be able to handle this. But that sounds like more in long-term relationship in terms of, like, in terms, in terms, mm-hmm. in terms of like a a very new thing, yeah. I think you should always be presenting your most full self. Mm-hmm. I think because so don't too. ever think that you could come up to the plate and be mm-hmm. like, "I'm half, I'm half empty today, Bruh, Only meet me when you're full, because because <laughs> I'm not giving you none of mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what is? Here's another one. Then here's another one because I've always had like. I found like a weird position on this one. Mm-hmm. So there's this old like adage that when you're walking down the street on the sidewalk, men walk on the outside. Men walk on the outside, like towards the street. Yes. Like are you're for that though? Because here's my thing. Here's my thing with this adage. Yes, if it makes me feel like the most special girl in the world, you better fucking so, okay. Do so like that's a good position on that. That's a good position on that. Yeah. If you feel safe, then like. I don't mind doing that, right? Yeah. But the adage comes from the fact that it's like, oh, if the car runs off the road, like, you'll get hit first. This yeah. is silly. Like, <laughs> honey, I'm sorry. The car's hitting both of us. <laughs> like, it's it just is. It, there's, there's a very slim chance <laughs> that if a car is careening off the street... And going the onto like, the sidewalk. No, inner sidewalk. It's just going to be I'm like, oh, he that. had the outer spot. Like, that's going to be it. No, the car doesn't through. pick and choose. The outer control car is going to strike both of you. That is so silly. But it'll hit him first, and then I'll be able to live my forever cute life. Yeah, I, I don't have care. Time oh, so you get to live to with one leg and, and like, walk around and shit like that. Yeah. Cute I'm going to have both of them. I get it. Like, that's fine. But, like. I'm telling you, the chance that it doesn't strike both of us, like, in a deadly fashion is... I know, it's highly unlikely. But it's nice because in the effort of it, in the effort of it, it's sweet. It's nice. I've never thought of, like, giving it much thought. Really? Yeah. How about, like, opening the door for someone? It's nice when it happens, but I don't expect it. Mm -hmm. I would would honestly say if if you were a person... That never opens up the door for other people. Right. I would definitely be like, hmm, right. Got my eye on you. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> Something wrong with you. What about that dumbass one though? That like, oh, if there, it's rain, you got to put your jacket in a puddle so the woman could like. You see That's it in like cartoons and shit. So unrealistic, it's not real. But, but give I me think your it jacket. Was at I'd one be like, point. get your jacket off the ground, you idiot, <laughs> dumbass. Oh, gonna get this wet. Dirty, muddy jacket See, and be having it sitting in the car and around me. No. The fact that it was used in media so much makes me think that at one point it, like, it was a thing. Like cartoons and stuff used to do it. But like it's also stuff from like, you know, the 50s and 60s. You think it's like sourced from a very honest place where like art imitates life. Happen? Art imitates life. So I, get like, that. I think it points like men were like, ah, it's raining. Like, ah, here's my jacket oh, down on the ground. My jacket. Like, See? Whatever. <laughs> I'll ruin my jacket for you so your shoes don't get wet. No. No. Wear shoes that are built for fucking rain. I'm sorry. I'm wearing fucking combat boots to dinner, so don't ever think that I was going to wear some stilettos. You should. If I was wearing some expensive-ass shoes, maybe I might make a joke about it, (laughs) but I would just be like, pull up this car so I don't got to walk over this puddle. Yeah. I would hint at it. You know, drop a hint. That's fair. Drop the jacket. 
Drop what if like you drop dropped your jacket in this puddle for me? <laughs> Do it. And you know what? It would be, be so cute. Mm. That's so dumb. And then and then Dan would do it, and she'd be like, "Never mind." <laughs> You'd be like, "I didn't really want you to do it." Hops over it, idiot. <laughs> now my jacket's soaked. Stupid idiot. I realize I have fifteen dollars in the one pocket, and now it's soaked and ruined. Yeah. Oh, like that's. that's why I'm sure it was much ruined before you ended up with that fifteen dollars. I promise you. <laughs> I mean, probably that dollar has seen many things <laughs> before seeing some rainwater. Probably. It probably made it cleaner, if anything, honestly. Probably cleaned off the money a little bit. Yeah. Soaked in some Lysol. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Is it actually illegal to deface dollars? Yeah. It's supposedly. And, like, you can't, like, if a dollar bill is kind of ripped, you, like, can't fully rip it because it's, like, destroying, like, public property, apparently, or, like, something like that. Mm -hmm. It's a weird thing. Yeah. You're supposed to just let it run, like run down until it like can run down no further. Mm-hmm. Sounds like capitalism. <laughs> Sounds like a whole lot of hoopla. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, it's it's weird. When I heard about when I was in high school and I heard about how much money they shred at the Federal Reserve every day, it made my heart hurt so bad. Like, I'll take those shredded dollar bills, please. What's the Federal Reserve? <laughs> That's the uh, the people that make the money. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. You are a gem. What, I just I just love how much you're dying at that comment, right? Like you're just like you said it, and then you immediately just thought it was the funniest thing in the fucking world. I couldn't wait for anybody else to laugh for it. <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta take these liberties. Sometimes you, you just gotta. I just had to commit, man. Yeah, yeah. I I, I respect you because you agreed a hundred percent. Um, do you remember the day in Jungle Book that we were – I think we were in tech, and we were doing that first scene, and I Rick had – No, and Rick had popped out as Shere Khan, yep. and you were saying something to him, and what did and, he say to and you? And he said, shut up, bitch. What was the lie, though? <laughs> what was the lie? Because you said something like – you you tigers don't belong or like something like that or you're a I proud know, people or like he belongs to this or whatever and we were in tax so we were on a hold so like she's just say the lies or whatever yeah. and so like Rick just comes through with like his paw like he's sharing how he's like shut up bitch no. and like said it in that voice and listen I didn't even really know Rick all like that for him to be calling me no bitch Whoa. but listen it when I can say that it, it served the, the purpose of the comedy. <laughs> I will always give credit for that. Sometimes bitch is just real funny. <laughs> Listen, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> like, why are you? Rarely when I call someone a bitch do I actually mean that they're a bitch. I have another word for that. I know. There, there's a better word for whatever bitch is trying to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> there are many better better words. Ver- yeah. Like, uh. Yeah. No, nick-a-poop. I, yeah, nick-a-poop. <laughs> nick-a-poop's a good one. Bidaha. Yeah, that's that's always a good one. To, to you go you dummy. Yeah. You silly banana. Oh my god. I loved that you moment. Goose. <laughs> you goon. I loved that moment with you and Rick and then I loved every time you guys were the monkeys with me during Jungle Book. I always laughed like you so serious, hard. You serious, man? You serious? You really we can do part? anything. <laughs> hey. You can do this. We can do that. We're Brendan. Boston. 
Wendy. Do you know this motherfucker moved to Boston? No. Yeah. And he's with the love of his life. I didn't know they moved. And they they moved to little... fucking Boston, Massachusetts. Wow. Brendan, if you listen to this for any reason at all, you need to know not that even Dan a call, is saying this. Not yeah. even a text. Not even uh, nothing. One final smooch. Nothing. I thought like a hug from my buddy would like suffice. Dang. Wow. Like, but listen, he's so in love. I love man. Brendan. Yo, so Brendan much. would come up in West Side Story and be like, "Lisette, I listened to this Ben Platt song, and it and it made me think of her, and it oh. made me feel so good." And I used to be like, "Yo, Brendan, <laughs> that's thank so, you so cute. much for coming and telling and me telling that." Me that. Because I am such a firm believer in whatever was, the fuck you're saying uh-huh. is the absolute God honest truth. When he brought her to Bobby's and was introducing her to everybody, <gasps> he was ecstatic to be introducing her to everybody. That and that's such face. a great feeling. That's the feeling I, I felt when I brought you home for the first time. When I brought you to meet my mom for the first time, oh that's how I felt. Oh, my God. It's 100% how it was. And my mom felt that. Too, and she she talked about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Dang, you know that. love be so abundant, y'all. Mm-hmm. And love is just such a concept that is just like. Sometimes I feel like many of us will get bitter about the absence of love, mm-hmm. so that it it will prohibit us from feeling love. But the thing is, is that it's always there. It's always there. It's always, always there. And I think it's when we start thinking that love is owed to us mm-hmm. rather than it always being there. I don't, I don't, I'm not owed something that is always inherently in me. Mm-hmm. That's no. just, that's just stupid for me to think that it's, it's not there. And I guess stupid may sound insensitive, but honestly say that shit out loud to yourself. If you ever start saying some shit that is just not kind to yourself, repeat that shit out loud for a second. <laughs> Listen, everybody should have this. <laughs> should have this filtration of thought. Mm-hmm. When you say some crazy old shit to yourself, <laughs> Just tell yourself, dang, let me say that shit out loud. And recognize how fucking preposterous mm-hmm. it can be. Yeah. How preposterous. Yeah, let's just drink to that. that. Because, man, the shit that I say to myself because I drop a piece of, uh, because I drop eyeliner on the floor. And the fact that you would never let somebody that you love say something like that about themselves. No. It's silly. Yeah. I will put the dukes up with somebody, with, with the same person that I love. Uh-huh. What did you say about yourself? Uh-huh. Cut it out. Put the bo- put the, put the gloves on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <coughs> a, a lot of times we'll be texting and like one of us will say something and the other will be like, "Would I let you say that about yourself?" Mm-hmm. And and like we're like, no. Like through mm-hmm. gritted teeth, we're just like, no. Yeah. Or like we'll try and come up to excuses, being like. Well, this is different or like that. But like at the end of the day, we're like there for each other like that, which and is cool. The, and also the point is never to not have those moments again. Yeah. Because that's unrealistic. And it's not it's not ever to be like, hey, my partner keeps me in check so that eventually I will be at this point where I never say anything mean about myself to myself. Right. In front of them. That's not the point. It's just to have it in moderation. And I think that all things in moderation are important mm-hmm. because – they go on that teetering scale again, yep. like moving the dial. Today, I need self-pity in order to motivate myself. Listen, I, I'm not here to question what's inside the cocktail. Mm-hmm. I just need to get drunk real quick. Yeah. Okay? Like, I just needed to do the job. I just got to get out of bed. Just got to do the thing. But, <laughs> like, once if I start indulging in that, it's nice to have someone who's going to be able to call you out on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so just, like, being able to allowing things to maybe happen a little bit 
more seldomly versus like, you know, just not happening at all. I think for anybody to be absolute in anything, it's it's kind of setting anything up to fail. Because, mm-hmm. wow, imagine you imagine you holding yourself to a certain standard that you had when you were like 18 mm. and it being absolute. Was there something that you were super absolute? Of? Oh, yes. Good yeah. question. Good oh, question. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. got a good question yep. here. Do you do you remember holding yourself to a certain kind of standard or anybody else to a certain kind of standard that was so absolute that you couldn't allow for your opinion about that thing to change, Mm. therefore preventing yourself from having new experiences and being able to prove yourself wrong. I could think of a big thing that, like, I can't really talk about it too much on here, but I could think of a big thing that I was very against – Till I was about like twenty or so, mm-hmm. that like now it's like a, a like a regular part of my life. Yeah, like I just I just feel it because I didn't allow myself to like just try things. Yeah, and try and like experience things for myself that like that I perceived to take another drink. Yep, I see it. <laughs> that I perceived. Um, we should happening. just like name that epi- name this episode that. Perceive, yeah, Perceive. exactly. <laughs> episode nine, perceive. Um, but yeah, I I didn't allow myself to have certain experiences, and I feel like it limited me in a lot of ways. Mm. And it could have been harmful in certain ways if I didn't have people that I watched go through and have their times and things uh, with it, mm-hmm. and then eventually changed my mind to kind of be like oh like this isn't a bad way to live yeah like, this isn't a bad way at all but like you know it, it i never would have thought that certain things would be the way they are when i was 18 yeah never would have thought that mm. what about you did you think you'd be with harry styles full-time now <laughs> are you disappointed i'm so pissed <laughs> my, um mo- that's been that is a never-ending thing <laughs> a never-ending never thing i'm always constantly learning and trying to you know be more open-minded and about all things yeah yeah i i would agree that's you just have to at this point i feel like i feel like we're at a day and age where you have to be mm-hmm. open-minded to a lot of things there's so many different cultures there's so many different lifestyles nowadays you can't be so close-minded in life that you're just gonna cut out a certain aspect entirely yeah and just think like oh this is not good this is not that we live too short on this earth to be close-minded you know i feel like i often find myself especially right now in my life just like me getting older and thinking about what is that group of people when i get older and if i choose to have kids like who is that village of you you know who's What's that village of Lisette going to look like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I noticed that some of the some of the like some of the guidelines that I've set up around my life like I think for very often I started thinking that if somebody that I love does something that's disagreeable with me, mm-hmm. that means they're not supposed to be in my life. And being so cut off. And guess what? Mm. I do think that that's a thought process. But, whoa, whoa. This person triggers my trauma, so I can't be that's around a boundary. them at all. That's mm-hmm. a boundary. Period. But also, I'm responsible for doing my my job 
in reconciling the fact that is that what this person meant or is that what I received? Is that right. what I perceived, right? right? If the person knew that that's how that would affect me, would they really have done that? Yeah. But also, why do I have to curate other people that love me in order for me to uh, find them to be worth it? Mm. Yeah. So it's like I, I think I've been finding myself lately proving myself very wrong about like, hey, this is what your initial reaction to the situation was. This is what the narrative was mm -hmm. that you created about this situation. Now right. with new information, with the information that I have now. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you want to do about it? Do you want to stay with the story that you've been telling mm -hmm. yourself, or do you want to do you want to accept new information mm. that is that is going to prove you wrong? It's going to prove you wrong. It's going to make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's going to make you maybe it's maybe it's going to upset you for a little while, and you'll have to sit with it and think about it. And yeah, and maybe you'll have to apologize for it. Imagine mm. that. Mm -hmm. Imagine you having to apologize. Yeah. For some of us, it's very fucking hard. Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. Admitting you're wrong is is vulnerable and scary and uncomfortable, oh. but should be so much more normalized. We're wrong all the time. All yeah. the time. I remember um, specific instances where I've had to talk to people about like, oh, you were wrong in this and you were wrong in that. And just nothing. Yeah. Just no responses to it. But like, yeah. those people can't be changed. It's, it's hard because you want to help them and you want to like make them see like kind of errors in their ways yeah. or like how they behave is affecting other people. Mm -hmm. And some people are so trapped in their mindsets that they can't just pull themselves out of it and look at from a different pers perspective at it. And at honestly, sometimes we think that we need dialogue in order to clarify things for us. Mm -hmm. But in that sense, if they didn't respond to it, it goes into the it goes into the box that it wasn't meant for me. No. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you couldn't respond to me being vulnerable or even me being disagreeable, not even saying that if you wanted an apology, but them thinking that you didn't deserve one, whatever disagreeableness. Yeah. Like at that point, if they didn't want to pursue it, then guess what? It's not for you, baby. No. Like, it's, it's okay. Not. So why do we listen and read entertainment and always think about what's worth our time and what's what's going to make our lives more meaningful? But then we want to hold on to things and be resentful and be bitter about things that didn't end up working out. Mm. They didn't work out for a reason. Mm. So let's leave it where it's at. Mm. I think that's the thing. Like, that's really, for me, like... That's how I always want to perceive all things. If it's not working anymore, then it's for a reason. And I will always assume that it's for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. That's it a good thing. It, I'm not empty. I'm never empty. It means that I'm not with the thing that I that I had for so long. But it doesn't mean that I'm empty. Mm -hmm. And also, like, if you really care about those people that you're departing with, at some point you have to recognize them beyond their role to you. Yeah. This person that was my friend for so long and they no longer want to be my friend anymore, or they don't think I'm worth an apology anymore, th things like that. Like, I just have to say, hey, okay, that's where you're at in this mm -hmm. weird fucking thing about being alive and doing adulthood and on stuff. A, on our floating rock. Like, mm -hmm. go off. Go off then, you know? <laughs> have, a, have a great time. Wish you the best. If you don't want to give it to me, guess what? I don't want it. Mm -hmm. So, like, it just kind of... Things just always teeter-totter, and they just always go at that dial system. Yeah. And I just – you can either be bitter about it, or you can just know that it's in your greater good. I'm the main mm -hmm. character in my story. I don't know about Ooh. anybody else. Yeah. Okay, that was a lot of deep shit. Yeah, that was – I feel like I have chunk. to finish I am in a dream. world of thought. Well, here's <laughs> like – here's a philosophy I've always – 
um, thought that you could picture. So picture like if that hallway light were off right now, mm-hmm. and we open the store. <laughs> I know you could go pee if you want. Go pee. You'll go, you can go in shifts. Yeah, yeah it's okay. your bladder. <laughs> okay, I can hold it. Um, but out in the hallway right now, if we were to turn off that light and open this door, mm-hmm. the light from this room would spill out into the darkness, right? Mm-hmm. If we were to open the door and just, like, kind of cut everything off, the dark still wouldn't spill into the light. Mm. Right? Yeah. The light only spills into the dark. Mm. The dark never spills into Dang, the light. Dang, I got some little goosies. So, now, so like, that's a direct metaphor to, like, your positivity and your energy directly affects everything mm. around you. Like, Dang. it just does. And it's leaps and bounds more powerful than that stank shit. That stank, Than that nasty, westy. We've all been there. We've all had these. We've all had these terrible experiences with our brains, with life, with, like, tons of shit that we just struggle with. Mm-hmm. But it's important to remember during that that, like, there are always going to be people around you that will support you and mm-hmm. will care mm-hmm. no matter what. Like, depending, not having attachments to, like, situations or anything. Like, like they're just going to care. Yeah. And that's what we need. Like, those are the people we need to be surrounding ourselves with. Yeah. I I think that's something that I'm really learning this year. Because I feel Mm. like I've always, this is another narrative of my life that I've always held so dear to me to the point where I couldn't allow it to change and expand. Mm. So I think for a very long time. I had resented my family function the way that we all function, you know, like Mm -hmm. we we have very large age gaps. We weren't always able to like connect and um, (coughs) excuse me, connect and like identify with each other. And we've all kind of gotten a a different a different version of my mom. Right. You know. Right. So because my mom is her own person as well. She was not she was not Jill the mom. When she was born. Right. You know, right. so like we have to recognize that my mom is her own person before she's a mother, mm-hmm. you know. So we've all gotten different versions of that. And a narrative that I always told myself was that I always enjoyed everybody else's family more than mine. Mm. That that I always felt like <clears throat> I always felt like an orphan or, you know, I have this sad, sad story that, oh, nobody would ever be able to understand, you know, and kind of using that as a way to separate myself rather than be like i have a sad story and guess what everybody else does Mm. so let's just all go Mm. into this group together Mm -hmm. of our sad stories and recognizing it and being able to empathize with it yeah so i think that's um that's something that just like with that with that concept of like light and darkness like at some point you get to name your memories you get to name your experiences Mm -hmm. you get to and sometimes it's not always a choice Mm -hmm. but you should always give yourself the challenge Mm -hmm. to know or look at and see if you do have a choice Mm -hmm. do i have a choice in this situation i'm feeling so fucking anxious right now my heart is beating so fast i can't stop moving i can't stop all of these these horrible thoughts happening in my head. Do I actually have a choice right now? And sometimes you might have the capability to just be able to breathe. Mm -hmm. Just slow down for a second and tell yourself that you are lying to yourself. Mm. You know, like 
hundred percent. Sometimes we think that we don't have that option because we think our our options are so rooted in everything outside of us. Mm -hmm. But if we say, "Yo, I'm the main character in the story," <laughs> listen, shiny teeth in me is about me. <laughs> I got some shiny teeth, <laughs> you know. Like I have a I have a title song to my show. You know, I got some credits. There's some animators working on this shit. Mm -hmm. Somebody's writing this shit mm -hmm. because I promise you, I can't come up with it on my own. No. Listen, Jill Hill. Jill Hill, my mother, is the lead writer on the show of Lisette de Jesus. Fuck I, yeah. Oh my god, my mom, if I could pay my mom, if I could pay my mom for the jokes that she's able to give <laughs> for me. For the character that she's given me. For you. the character that she's given me, this woman would be rich. Mm -hmm. yeah. She'd be so rich because she makes my life rich, yeah. man. And you know. That's so dope. That's beautiful. I love that. We love Mother's Day is coming up. Tell your mom that you love her. Yeah, we got we have like a fun Mother's Day episode coming up. I hope. Are you gonna have your mom on? No, um, I don't know what I'd talk to my mom about. Oh my god, what? Sorry, what did you talk to your mom about? I'd have to go two hours. Your mom is the easiest person to talk to I've ever met in my life. I know. But um, it'll either be... It's going to be Julie and your mom. Well, You're I mean, not invited Julie. to this yeah, episode. Yeah, you know what? We're, it's going to be a woman only. But listen, listen. It'll either be Randy and myself, who we both have significant attachments to our mothers, mm -hmm. and we'll have like a significant chunk spent. Aww. Or the next episode we do after that is the brothers episode. So me, John, and Ben will all be on the podcast. You and your triplets? You the saw triplets. my brothers. Yo. Lissette meeting my family was These the funniest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever ah. seen Claudia in my life. Claudia and Carlos just hit copy and paste, copy and paste, copy Bro, and paste. How could you hit, how could, first of all, how could <laughs> you hit the jackpot that many times in a row? Because they all look alike. I don't know. I'm Crazy. the pretty one out of all of them. Uh, Julie, what do you think? It's whatever. He's yeah. cute or whatever. <laughs> Y'all should have saw her face. She looked up at the she looked up at the ceiling, <laughs> and her lips were all pursed to the front. <laughs> she like, yeah, I had girl. to think of something sharp. Yeah, whatever. He the cutest. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. She out here thinking I'm the Puerto Rican Quasimodo or some shit. Uh, what? What? I don't even know. I don't even have she a like, rebuttal. Got a <laughs> I do not have a rebuttal. You do got a strong it was just shoulder. Just so out of left field. Um. <laughs> but it was funny watching you meet my brothers because you're literally like you had had a few glasses of wine at that point too, and oh, you're well. walking around and you're like, you're like, you all look alike. Oh, oh, well. you, you all look so much alike, bro. And then you call Brendan an asshole in front of them. <gasps> oh my god! See, but they're 18. Yo, fuck it. Do not be reminding me what I do when I they've drink. They've heard plenty of assholes. Yeah, they've they've heard worse. They've heard way <gasps> worse. I promise you. They're all they're they all look like AIs. Like they've all just been like <laughs> me know. and Ben especially, but me, yeah. but John and I look alike too in that's a lot of ways. Just, that's just wild. How many years apart are you guys? John and I are five and a half years apart, and then Ben and I are about seven and a quarter. So Ben was um, October of two thousand, and I'm uh, June of ninety three. And then John's January of 99. John was born You're the same Leo? day. Uh, no, I'm a Gemini. I'm in June. He a Gemini? I'm a Gemini. Julie! I know. Define the odds. I got my bad side. That's Julie, he a Gemini? He's a Gemini. Lord have mercy. My... <sighs> That's wild, isn't it? Fuck you mean, Laura. I'm mercy. very surprised because like me and my si my sisters are Gemini, and then I met other Gemini's, and they just 
They make it hard to be a cancer. Oh, my God. They make it very difficult to be a cancer. <sighs> Listen, but I'm Cancer Leo Leo, so I'm going to give you that heat, boy. <laughs> I'm going to give you that heat, and my tears going to be burning my face. It's <laughs> <laughs> so hot. That's so true. And I don't know if I want to kill you or not. <laughs> Kiss or kill zone. Good yep. Lord. Can I, can I just say, <laughs> after hearing you two on this for like – an hour 45 now. Oh, yeah. I think you two should start a podcast together. <gasps> if you want to, I really enjoy doing this, honestly. And we're so fun. I we're think so you fun. two sound really good together. I think it would be really enjoyable to listen to both of you every week. Oh. I think that's like. Set us up, Dan. It's, yeah. a, wink, it's, wink. I have an in. I, I know a guy. I'm just saying. That do would do something I'm like saying. What would we call it? Mm, okay wait it would have to be about us being cancers yeah it would have to be something it's like miley like cyrus and Dua. Or something she julie wouldn't crying. want anything with miley cyrus in the title but like miley cyrus wouldn't be in the title if i'm the one that's channeling miley then she'll like it yeah you know that's fair because because we Prisoner. we agree that julie's like 100 percent a dual leaf type right? oh yeah 100 percent it's enough. No, it's never enough. <laughs> I'm the one that introduced you to do it. It is never enough for me to compare you to her too much. Mm. That's enough. It's not. The um, cancer duo. <gasps> oh, like duo, but like. Don't duo? confirm it. Don't confirm it. We leave it for no. people to it's like wait and listen bleep, and like bleep, bleep. do bleep things. It. It'll yeah, leave. Dan. In the meantime, you do this. you do the work of setting us up. Oh, I'll yeah. set you up. I'll set you up in an absolute heartbeat if you two wanted to do you this. Better. You better. You better. I'm just saying. That's your, that's your future wife. I know a guy. Saying. I have a studio you guys could use and like things like that. Like, Ooh. It's just, that's a thing. I'm trying to be up in a stew, okay? Yeah. Up in the stew. Anytime you guys want. Um, so, Lissette, I know you do a lot of things uh, as far as acting and modeling and things like that. If people wanted to find you on... Uh, socials, where can they find you at? You guys can follow me at Luna Looks, and that has three S's at the end, so it's L U N A L O O K S S S. And that's my Twitter and my Instagram. And honestly, I, I really consider Instagram a hobby at this point. Mm-hmm. I really just find it to be something that just. She's so good at it. Oh, it's just fun to be on there and create and share funny shit. So, like, honestly, come for the jokes. Don't come for the looks. But Jeez, wow, I will I mean, be serving. When you them. get there, the looks are there. The they're looks there. Are definitely they're there. staring you right in the face. The looks are there. They're screaming in your face. But like, they're knocking at your door. They're <laughs> walking up in your house. <laughs> they're taking all of your belongings. They're shitting in your toilet. <laughs> and then making She's you so pretty. Yeah. She's really pretty, is what I'm saying. Oh, pretty much. So, yeah. So you guys should go and follow yeah, it, I but mean, please think that I'm funnier than I am pretty. <laughs> honestly, I, though, I have a complex. Know You're that hilarious. she's you kind, powerful, smart, hilarious. Before all of those things. Oh. If I miss that point, things. if I miss that point, oh. let me start with I that. Looks are superficial. I just did something that I'm completely against, but <laughs> know that that is the number one point here. Oh, damn it. Thank you. See, I feel reassured. That that's all a cancer needs. I should have no. started with that. Oh, know okay. that I meant to start. You with came that. back though. I did. I did. I did. You I did. came back. That, uh, the comeback's always that's the most important. Matters, yeah. <laughs> but yes, please follow me at that. Um, that's where all of my creative work ends up going. And you know, podcasts are probably going to be popping out this summer. You know, just kind of things that I think are important. And you know, I'm just I'm just very dedicated to 
you know, kind of expressing how I feel about the world through the lens of me. And I think that's fair, and I think you have every right to be doing that. Like, <laughs> absolutely every right to be yeah. saying what you want to say and doing what you want to do. Say what you need to say. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> say what you need to say. I'm sorry, I Thank didn't mean you. to cut you off. Can I tell you a story really quick before go for we it, Go for it, go for it. Yo, when I was a kid, right, when I was in fourth grade at Olmstead, okay, we would have to go home with five-week reports. But these weren't five-week reports that got mailed. Mm-hmm. These were five-week reports that a fucking Handed stupid four, fourth-grade fucking teacher thought that, yeah, you should go and give this to your parents so that they have another reason to yell at you. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah. Willingly give this Dummy. excuse to them. So this wasn't fourth-grade. This was – no, it was fourth-grade. <sighs> And I take <laughs> the fifth grade. Because it's happened so many times. That's why I had to sift through it really quick. That's so funny. So I take the five-week ro- five week report home. I They tell me, you have to get this signed before you come back on Monday. This has to get signed. This is absolute. Do not tell a fourth grader Lisette that something's absolute. Because she will take it as serious as a heart attack. <laughs> So when I was a kid, I would listen to I would listen to the radio at night. So I would listen to ninety three point seven. It would turn into the Quiet Storm after like eight p.m. Yeah. But then this one night, I was listening to ninety eight point five, and it was raining outside, and I was the only kid in my room because I shared a bedroom, but I was the only one there. Mm-hmm. And I have this five week report in my hand, and it is not good, guys. Uh, there's some stuff that's a little concerning. My teacher was not nice oh, to me no. on that one. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I've kind of made the decision in my head, I'm not going to give this to my mom. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving this to Jill because she's going to cuss me the fuck out. Do you have any idea or recollection of what about wh- what about was on it? Like, what mm-hmm. kind of thing was I on it? I think it probably said something like I like I. Like, I talk too much. Oh, okay. And then, like, there were probably some grades that were kind of low. So, like, my that was always my mom's thing. Like, you not focused. You always talking to them boys in the classroom. <laughs> you talking to boys in here? Uh-huh. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> come on. I'm just, I'm just that bitch. I don't know. <laughs> A fourth oh grader? God. Let's say it. I'm just that bitch. So, <laughs> that night, <laughs> I, have, I have the radio playing. And... John Mayer comes on the on the radio station. It's raining outside. The sun, it, like the moonlight's going in my room, and he's just say yeah. What go you ahead. Need to say. And I'm sitting in my room. Say what you need to say. And I'm like, say. <laughs> say what you need to say. couldn't show my mom my five-week report and you never did did you just did you just sign for i her? think i forged her oh, signature the best part of that whole story <laughs> is so i can good. i can pinpoint the exact moment you started crying during that song oh. and it was after that first like starting instrumental the first and then when john mayer goes take out every wasted hour <laughs> And then goes, and then goes, every little past frustration. And that's when the tears started, like, started, like, silently falling. And then by the time the chorus hit, 
you were probably just in this full blown like I, I can't show her. I can't Honestly, do it. I'm so offended that John Mayer had been spying on me that entire time. I can tell you moment, come up with a banger stealing. from that story though. I can tell you how much I love and relate to you because <laughs> in second grade, and this this doesn't have to do with like any John Mayer song or anything like that. But in second grade, when I met my best friend, because that was that year. I acted up a lot during class. Uh-huh. So my dad, every week, would send in a report card, like a weekly one that the teacher would have to fill out. <laughs> so every week in this third quarter, and I wasn't a bad kid. No, why'd your dad go so hard? Up. I that's just wanted to fuck up. around with my That's all I wanted to do is I wanted to hang out with my friend all the time. Like, And he's like, to this day, he's still my best friend. He's been on this podcast twice yeah. already, and it's nine episodes in. Um. <laughs> But, like, he would send this in, and, like, I remember being terrified every week that I didn't, like, and I remember one week specifically, like, the teacher had it out for me, so she said I did worse than, like, I actually did, and he, like, he got fucking pissed. He got, like, real pissed about that shit. So so I I recognize those struggles of, like... Say what you need to say. Yeah, just say what you need to say, girl. <laughs> Next time I need a good cry, I'm going to turn that on and see. see Bro, what, that's all you got to do. What it naturally really happens. It really works. <laughs> and then... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Julie, where can we find you at? I know you plugged your socials last time, but plug them again for um, us. My Twitter is... That's where most of the comedy is at. Mm-hmm. Um, at Julie G with three E's at the end. So G E E E. Yeah, exactly. Julie is spelled pretty, uh, you know, plainly. Um, my Instagram, I think, is Julie. I don't know, know your Julie Instagram. G. I think Instagram it's is an important. To I think me. it's Julie G <laughs> Julie with G's two 15. E's, and then it's fifteen. Julie yeah. G E E one five. Yeah. I'm not big on Instagram. It's fine. Like I said, I don't if like you want the comedy. Follow me on Twitter. Yeah. Exactly, and I can confirm that if you want comedy, follow you. If you want my unfiltered <laughs> ridiculousness, it's uh, worth it. It's definitely worth it. I stand her Twitter. <laughs> um, like us on Facebook at um, Your Average Ordinary on Facebook. You could um, follow us on Instagram at uh, Average Ordinary Pod, and then our Twitter is finally up. I know I've been saying it for weeks, but it's finally Woo! here, and it's at Average Ord O R D Pod. Um, also, make sure you check out our network at BICBP-radio.com. We have a lot of really amazing podcasts and a lot of really amazing people working with us. So check out all my friends. Um, check out Matt at the Two Point Conversation. Um, check out Will and Micah at Damn That Scary. That's one of my favorite horror podcasts right now. Check out everybody, man. It's a, it's, it's a really, really great network and um, everything that we have on here. Um, next week... Will be a fun but somber episode. Randy Philbrick's going to jump on and join me. Um, it's going to be our 10-year anniversary memorial episode for Jordan Benedisiak because um, that's coming up. We lost him 10 years ago, May 11th. So we're going to re- reminisce on him, talk about some wrestling, talk about the fact that he's the reason he passed his sophomore year of high school, no matter what the <laughs> fuck he's going to tell you, because he's going to tell you something different next year <laughs> um, or next week. Anyway, we've had way too many drinks because we've said oh, perceived too many times. So take another drink for that. And on that note, guys, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.
guys. We've been in this haunted house for like 15 hours. And if we want to get home to our favorite food and pornography, we're going to have to come up with a plan. Hey, why don't we try leaving through one of those spooky looking doors? Wait, whoa, whoa. Doors? Like an exit door? Yeah, maybe we should get on that. Come on a second. These doors are labeled. This one says Dracula on it. And this one says Beware Zombies. That's probably the exit. And the last one just says Nekagrima. Mm, tough call. Mm. I got an idea. On three, we're going to open them all at once. All right, let's do it. Ready? One, One two, two, three. <laughs> oh, hello there. Damn, that's, that's scary. scary. Damn, that's scary is our new favorite podcast where we talk about all things horror. Tune in to get the latest horror news, long-form movie reviews, and all kinds of other scary shit. Mummies, wolfmen, vampires, chupacabras, lizard people, impolite Canadians, we do it all. So if you like horror podcasts, and we know you do, check out Damn That Scary, new episodes every week. And remember, keep it spooky.